Well, now it's 8 o'clock. Face Radio has begun, so everybody knows what time it is. It's time to call the doctor. <gasps> it's time to call the doctor. <gasps> We're going to play some little Cat Robo show here. This is the official theme song for Face Radio. Thank you, Cat. We love you. Can't wait to see you next month. Twice, two consecutive weekends in a row. Sarah Monster are going to see you. So excited. Oh, yeah. It's an emergency.
I always do that. Mm-hmm. It's fun. So welcome to Face Radio, everybody. I am fucking Harrison. In studio is Sarah Monster and <laughs> the Lady Viking, the gentleman over here, Petticoat, and Steve on Keys. I have a, a very full panel tonight. Normally we don't run with five, but uh, you know, shit happens. We're all here, and we're all here, so why not? So, uh, Luna, if you'd like to start off with the first story on the docket, absolutely. I know you want to. I gotta say, one of the best things about my summer was Stranger Things. Huzzah! And I absolutely adored this show, and I saw so many, you know, callbacks to, you know, many of our collective childhoods, you know, in the 80s, and authors that we really, really love. I was on that show when we got about it. It was so good. Oh, yeah. I that show. <clears throat> binge-watched it multiple times. It's a fantastic show, and there is a lot of anticipation for the second season of the show so this week it was announced some casting news was announced yeah and in my opinion it's pretty awesome casting news so it looks like uh they have cast uh sean astin little mikey from the goonies (laughs) to be in the second season yeah of stranger (laughs) things and also Samwise, absolutely Samwise. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully there isn't somebody on screen that he makes, um, you know, not so subtle homosexual looks and advances towards. But you know, oh, come now. hey, I won't be offended if he does. So it's just kind of throwing <laughs> it out there. It's like one little minor pet peeve that like everybody had with the Game of Thrones. Excuse me, uh, with uh, with the Lord of the Rings trilogy was the way that Samwise was like obviously hot for Frodo's pud. Right, which is why he married Rosie in the end. That makes total sense. Anyways, uh, I digress. The other casting announcement was that Paul Reiser is going to be playing one of the, uh, I guess, the uh, electric companies or whatever the hell those government-looking goons are. He's going to be one of those guys. He's going to be one of the big bads. One of the big bads, which I think he'll do very well because, you know, if if anybody's seen Aliens... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. You know, he... He was excellent in that film as sort of like the corporate douchebag. Yeah. And um, he's got the right charm for it because he's not playing a villain. He's like, what are you talking about? It's going to be fine. He's he's sort of this. He's charming. We're talking about Paul Reiser. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Paul Reiser. (sighs) This this dude. Yeah. Paul Reiser. Yeah. um, I'm I'm constantly thinking back to uh, that series that I'm mad about you. Yeah. That he did with Helen Hunt. Like, I I don't know about you guys. You and you don't exactly trust it. Yes. Oh, mad about you. I I don't know about you guys, but I watched the shit out of that show. That show was adorable. Mad about you with Helen Hunt. He was the husband. That show was so cute. It was. I watched. Yeah, I did. I told so much money from that. Yeah, well, he's you know he's been able to pick and choose his parts and basically stay out of the limelight. So I love that he's been cast in this. And I mean, if he's trying to kind of like rekindle um, uh, a bit of a career here, this this is a great jumping off point. I love the fact. And Sean Astin, Sean Astin again, he's been in uh, in several bit parts. And um, I don't know, I I think it's I think it's genius casting on both um, because you know you don't have these huge stars that are going to eclipse you know these these young up and coming you know kids for the series. And mm-hmm. I think it's just brilliant. So much fun. Yeah, I can't wait to see what what they do with their particular characters and um, you know how the story continues. We we've gotten glimpses glimpses at some other characters they're developing for the show, um, for for more of the younger kids that they're going to be introducing later on. And you know they basically confirmed you know like eleven you know she's she's still out there somewhere in the woods. Well, hey, the the cop uh, the, the the chief he put <laughs> some chief. Legos out in that box. Okay, absolutely. So like, we know she's she's back. Yeah, she absolutely. didn't go anywhere. And um, 
you know, I'm 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 wondering, you know, it does the Demogorgon come back or are we gonna see something entirely different from the, you know, underworld? So Well, well the, you remember the little cliffhanger at the end, right? And the kid oh, coughs yeah. up that little wormy uh, thing. Uh, that was gross. Mm. So good. Sh- should I watch this show? Stranger oh my Things. God! <laughs> Patty K. Do you have Netflix? Slap him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I haven't finished it. Oh. I'm a terrible nerd. Well, I've, seen, I've seen a few episodes. It's pretty cool, what but the I haven't fuck, actually man? Your licenses it. are about to be revoked. Yeah. Revoke this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? what? It, Revoke it, what? This. <laughs> it took me a minute to jump on the uh, the proverbial bandwagon in regard to this show. Um, it, I think it had been out for maybe a month, and everybody's like, watch Stranger mm-hmm. Things, watch Stranger Things. And then I watched it, and I ate it up in two days. Yeah. It was just so good. I you know, power. I like. I binged through it in almost a day. Like yeah, I, I fell asleep, and I woke up the next day like, oh, crap, no. <laughs> It's like, what, what's the last thing I remember like in my sleepy book. haze? Yeah, yeah, basically like an audiobook. Like, shit, I fell asleep. No. What happened? I, so, haven't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been in a room where it's been on. I hear it's great. It's wonderful. I remember that exact same feeling Sweet Harrison mentioned with uh, fucking Archer when I saw it a bunch of times and heard the hype about it and was like, whatever, and then got really into it and was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I can totally see. Dude, this is so hearkening back to like all of the nerdisms from your childhood, though. Basically, like, that's the best part about it. Well, because yeah. it's set in the uh, in the mid in mid eighties. There, I think it was like 84? 83, I 83. think. Okay, yeah. so the early eighties then, and like and just the music, the cars, you know, the the, uh, the, the retro tech. Watch it stop. Like it's... that opening theme too. I already oh. shut the fuck. Like, opi- I shouldn't yeah. be on the show if I don't want to hear about this goddamn thing. Yeah, shouldn't. No. I? Yeah. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Let's talk about it more. <laughs> it's like the Wonder Years without all the moralizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, um, do we think that uh, Sean e. Astin meets fucking alien meets fucking goddamn? I don't. Oh, all, all of the cool things from the eighties. All the cool. good That's stuff. Cool. I'm pretty excited actually. Sorry. Yes. Oh, I just definitely want you closer on that. Yeah, there that is thing. a microphone there. Yeah. There is a microphone there. Um, does anybody have any predictions? I mean, anybody who's watched it fully uh, have any predictions for Sean Astin or Paul Reiser? I think that Sean Astin is going to somehow ally himself with the kids. Like he'll be one of the adults that knows what's going on. And obviously Paul Reiser will also be another adult that knows what's going on, but he's probably going to be after 11. Yeah. Um. So I. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I think Paul Reiser is going to be one of the feel. new villains. Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh. I think. Uh. Sean Astin. I think he's going to play. Uh. One of the dads of one of the new kids that they're introducing. Because ah. uh, there's three kids they're introducing into the series. That's here. right. Yeah. So. Um. I don't know. All the feels. Can't wait. They're about to start shooting. Uh. I think next month or the month after. I think it's after December. Dude. Uh. So they start shooting in January. And they've only got. They've got like a like a. Uh, six week shooting schedule and then. Uh, yeah, then we'll get it again in what? What was it? Midsummer? Yeah, that we got Stranger Things, something like that. So, mm-hmm. yep. my, my my question is this: Have they killed anyone yet? Um, yes, people died. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, people died. Oh, Hella people died. Keeping it together. Yeah, yeah, a I lot like of people it. died. Is is this like a conspiracy of children that's gonna like rotate? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. Like you're talking about introducing three new children. It sounds like like that's gonna be part of the mechanism to get like fresh faces out there. So we no. have you know new things. You, you, like you have to finish it. For sci-fi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> totally. Like a good idea, actually. I mean, why the fuck not? Well, you know, maybe we're wrong. I don't know. It's I mean, uh, dude, again, one of the things that does ne- appeal about it right off the first, like is how young the kids are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like nice. so, but they're gonna grow up. So. I didn't even know the girl who plays they Eleven. Grow up with right? you. Um, she's actually from uh, Cork County in England. Yes. She's a little British. Uh, I, I ran across this story. Um, uh, I ran across this story from the Huffington Post. 
And uh, for all of us uh, Walking Dead fans out there, raise your hands. Do you know who you are? Okay. There's three hands raised. There's three hands. Oh, four hands. Excellent. Four. Good I, majority. You I guys love, suck. I love Negan. Sorry. I want to have tea with him. Yeah. Right. And then I want to like push like a screwdriver in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till this fucker dies. So horribly opera. and violently. It's not going to happen. Oh, no. It's so much better than a soap opera. But anyways, PK, um, <laughs> in last week's episode, uh, a very, very watchful fan spied what they suspect was a Donald Trump lookalike. Uh, <laughs> as a zombie, um, uh, obviously you know it, uh, the image which uh, you'll see in the show notes here for uh, for a couple of days when I post this up here. The image is 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 kind of fun. Uh, if you really want to see what it looks like, go on to uh, Huffington Post uh, dot com <laughs> and then uh, just type in the uh, fan spotted a Donald Trump zombie on the Walking Dead set. I mean, it's really funny. It's really really funny. I mean, I kind of see a bit of a resemblance. The um, hair. But the nose. In, yeah, the hair, the nose, the chubby motherfucker. The little I could, I could see that being the way you hide it, where it's like, no, it's not his hair that's white. It's sort of a smudge. <laughs> <laughs> like it's nice. yeah, we got this. With so, the, yeah, with the length and the orange, that's pretty. You know, I suspect that um, this, uh, with Trump being, you know, now the president-elect, I suspect, I mean, people make fun of presidents on the occasion, but Trump people are just going to go all out in the next four years and they're well, going to make him the the butt of jokes. And we already the, have. The center of memes. No, but dial it up to 10. Oh, God. Okay, it was already, it's already been at 10. I'm sick of well, looking. I guess I mean, can consider that at two then. You, you'll get used to it and we'll have a new 10. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, there and was then, a children's book. It was marvelous. but <laughs> A Trump children's book? Yeah, the Trump. It was very <laughs> Dr. Seussian. Wow, at least it wasn't called the Donald. Um, anyways, yeah, I uh, I love this. I just had to throw it in there because it just it looks funny. It's so good. No, totally, totally. It it's definitely funny. I I do think I almost think that the Walking Dead people were playing a good joke uh, on everybody, and and I sincerely think that they meant to do it this way. I don't, even though they're saying, "eh, that's just kind of how it turned out." No, I no think way. I think you guys even had something in mind person, here, and then somebody else who signed off on it. Absolutely. Animators and sci-fi people and like anybody who's in like it's sort of like I don't know creative makeup department weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's creative, so, weird stuff that makes sense. Fuck me. Like, um, the entertainment sphere. Yeah, they like to add <laughs> politics and dicks and vaginas and all sorts of weird. Dude, maybe the makeup artist just went to work that day and it's like on his mind. He's like, fucking hate that guy. I want to fucking kill him. Next thing you know, zombie. You know, this was Dead like Trump. six weeks, Just maybe saying. eight weeks ago that they filmed this. So that's yeah, a lot that of forethought sense. going into yeah. it. But I'm not going to discredit that that um, that theory there. Sarah even, if he'd lost, totally they, right. even if he'd lost, they could have done it and it would have been yeah. all good. So. I, I'm sure it was going to be a loft either way, which it turned out to be. Fucking face I'm going to get a I'm going to get a screenshot of this and then I'm going to frame it. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, with uh, with words, uh, you know, something something snappy about the new president, whatever. I'm going to put it up in the studio. Should be uh, should be all the fun. Um, moving on. In our stories here. Well, we have a breaking story from the one ring.net. Um, there is apparently in development right now uh, with some of the people that did work on the Lord of the Rings movies and some others for a Tolkien biopic about his life called Middle Earth. So this is a, a biopic, obviously, as you yeah. said. So it's a, it's a book about him and his life. It's a, it's a movie about him and his life, yeah. And um, I mean, how familiar uh, for those of you on the panel are you with Tolkien's? 
life. I don't hear. I don't he, know about his life. Actually. I don't hear he went Not through the war. I think he went through. He went through World War One. He did. And so he was inspired by the horrible. Excuse me. The horrible. You know, it was the first industrial war, full scale industrial war, and mm-hmm. so he was definitely inspired by that to, um, you know, to sort of create the. Nature is good. Fucking Lit- yes. war is bad. War is bad. Yes. Lit- literary Molten lava is bad. Literary inspiration through shock and awe. Basically, yeah. Um. So yeah, he was a soldier in the trenches during World War One, and obviously fighting for England. Um. Some of the stuff from the Lord of the Rings directly draws from his experiences during that war. Um, the scene in the two towers where Frodo falls into the dead marshes is one in particular that he pulled directly from his experience in World War I. Uh, and during trench warfare, um, when it would rain, uh, the trenches would get filled with water and, and everything in, in, in no man's land would also get filled with water. And obviously, in the middle of the war where you have one group of people on one side and the other and you have no man's land in between, you have soldiers advancing and they're going to get shot and killed. So when it rained, the water would fill the trenches in the ground and then the bodies would float under the surface of the water. And that's where he got the idea for the dead marshes uh, and the two towers. I was listening to a wonderful podcast discussing World War One, and it was pretty, it was discussing that how uh, one of the biggest problems was there, the logistics. There weren't any trucks or roads or things to move you know, of course, it's all done by horse. Hardcore so, histories. Yeah. That thing's so good. It's so brutal. It was all horse and carriage back then. That's how they um, got things done. Uh, if you really need a really good movie so example it was just of like that, there were no see roads. They had bombed the shit out of that whole oh, yeah. area. They're like, they're basically carrying them and like, yeah, it's just lands of death. In, in the horrible modern, scoured lands of death. In the modern era, we look at like using... Uh, blankets to spread uh, disease as some kind of atrocity that we put on these people, but in the scope of World One War combat, like creating filth and and uh, poisoning the land with just dead bodies was, was and just part part of the tactic for the for the ultimate attrition that they were trying to inflict, you know, on their enemy. Oh yeah, it it was it was definitely the war that changed all wars and was supposed to be the war that ended all wars, but. I um ha, I'm very them wrong, didn't we? We <laughs> sure did. But I'm very curious to see how they're going to take Tolkien's life experience and shape it into a biopic film about him and how they're going to use some of the the known references from his experiences in the war that ex- in, inspired him to write The Lord of the Rings. He literally started writing it while he was in the trenches. Really? While he was at war. Well, yes. Because well, it's a, it's a- relatively forgotten war in this country because it's so overshadowed by world war ii i remember yeah. being in fucking sixth grade or something and there was like a page and a half or something on world war one and i was like wait and then moving on sense. well the u.s involvement in world war one was much briefer than it was in world war two yeah. and um you know we kind of came in at the end and helped sweep up and and um well we won't go too, to too like, much into sort of the history that ended up creating world war two Thank but, you, baby boomers, uh, <laughs> for uh, helping adjust our focus of history recently. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, um, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, you know, I think this is going to be better than them trying to adapt the Silmarillion or do another Tolkien-based fiction uh, into a film. I think yeah, it, right. it's actually a good a good thing to make a movie about. 
Tolkien, and and I'm looking forward to it. Do we know who's writing? Um, I forget that person's name off the top of my head, and I don't want to delay us by looking at my phone. Um, okay. So, yeah, um, you know, uh, with a story like this, you know, I encourage people to, you know, uh, do a little bit of research and and find out. So it's directed by James Strong. Oh, is this this is a it's film dark. then? Yeah, yes. no, it's a film. It's a film. Okay. A real production. That's what we were talking Ooh. about the whole time. Sorry, I had in my head this was a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> Here, apparently, the no writer idea. is uh, Angus Fletcher. Okay. And he, uh, I don't know what he's worked on previously. He doesn't mention that okay. in this article. Um, but basically, um, it's based on six years of interviews and archival research uh, that will basically tumult the events that inspired him to pen the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, and it's, yeah, it's going to be about him in world war one and you know, the stuff that happened with him there and, and how it kind of inspired him to delve into his own basically fantasy world and, uh, and give that gift to us, that amazing gift. So I can't wait to see it. I I'm wondering who they're going to cast as Tolkien. Can you imagine the child token and the the unadulterated uh, filter that he had on the world compared to what we have to endure our children in in the modern context? How do we make a Tolkien in today's world, man? I don't know. <laughs> what What is a modern Tolkien? What do they look like at six years old? I don't know. I'm sorry. This week sucks. <laughs> poor steve uh, steve on keys is very very sad everybody you know it has been a, a long week for us and for america we all have a bit of a bleak outlook right now yeah yeah we do <laughs> final story uh this morning the new trailer for luke besson's um valerian and the city of a thousand planets came out today um you know being the kind of film and television nerd that i am I've been aware of this film and, uh, and its existence, its pre-production, the script writing, all of it, for a good while. And I had high hopes. Uh, I mean, A, because it's Luc Besson. Uh, and if the name doesn't ring a bell, that's uh, Luc Besson. Yeah, say that one more time. Luc Besson, Besson. who did uh, films of note such as uh, Leon the Professional. Uh, and maybe a little film that you might have seen uh, came out like 1997. It was called uh, The Fifth Element. Oh, oh freshman um, year in high school. Yeah. Yeah, that was, jeez, uh, I'm old. <laughs> Fuck, I'm old. I was like the year I graduated. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, uh, less touted, but still really visually uh, compelling uh, and storied ideas uh, or films such as uh, Lucy, uh, which I, I loved half of it, and I kind of went, what, with the other half? Yeah. Um, but long, you know, uh, um, uh, long story short, this is the new film here that uh, he's been working on. Uh, it is being released through... Uh, Europa Corps, um, which is which is awesome because I mean it's you know it's one of the big um, multimedia houses um, coming out of Europe. Uh, you know it's a French um, company, um, but the stars are really honestly what grabbed me. Uh, Danny DeHaan is playing playing Valerian, and uh, and uh, blah, 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 damn it, uh, Cara Delevingne is playing uh, his sidekick slash partner, and let me pronounce this name correctly. Um, uh, Loreline. They are two, I guess you could say, if, if you're a fan of the comic uh, or of the graphic novel, they are uh, two uh, special operatives for the government of human territories charged with maintaining order throughout the universe. So they're not bounty hunters, you know, they're basically interstellar cops. 
and uh, yeah. and their buddies. Dane DeHaan obviously has romantic interests uh, with uh, Cara Delevingne's character. And hey, if you're male and you like ladies, you see the obvious attraction. Um, but it looks really fun. Hey, oh. Uh, yeah, thank you. It looks really fun. Um, there's a lot of different creatures, uh, a lot of different worlds we're seeing here. Um, it is a throwback by the look of it to, you know, a lot of uh, fifth element uh, types where they're showing a really big galaxy and, you know, we're a part of it. I am hoping that it'll... That a little it'll, bit more polished than fifth element, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing much a practical creature effects, which bothers me, uh, but this is just the it first trailer. It does look trailer. very pretty, though. It there's does look like, very pretty. I don't know. There's some cool visuals in that that trailer that I'm looking forward to. But yeah, Fifth Element was its own thing. It had a grit to it that we love. But this looks very promising. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, uh, at least from what I've seen initially in the trailer, I think the real, the real kick that we're going to get out of this film is just to see all the different creature design and uh, how it how those creatures sort of like... Fuck. Sorry about that. That was me. Oh, snap. My bad. <laughs> that that was great. That was. <laughs> that was uh that was the trailer on uh on the Sarah Monsters phone that sneaking out on my everybody. phone. It just kind of like popped up. Right. Yep. Yeah. I love that they used the Beatles in the beginning. It was just Oh, that was, that was good. Mm-hmm. I love that everything used the Pulled Beatles. On your little heartstrings a bit, but like <laughs> but it was like this weird kind of trippy like what? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, also. I mean, with what with Galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they they totally with all that whole soundtrack like pulled on your heartstrings the whole time, but it worked really well. Hey, yeah. round, round two's coming up next year. Yeah, I know yeah. another yeah. one. To look we're we're talking to. about Luke. But we movie, are, though. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrangling it back in, but I like you, it. You well done, sir. You can't deny. Yes, Captain. Yes, Captain. You cannot deny that that trailer employed the same marketing. Oh, techniques yeah. that guardians used oh, i mean yeah. they totally went for that same feel so um you know uh this this looks like it's going to be really cool i i was talking with harrison about this earlier i don't think there's a luke Besson film that i have not liked so i my expectations are good for this i think you know he always pulls off his shit and i i can't wait to see this you're gonna look forward to what you're gonna watch from them. yes Thank you, Captain right. Obvious. <laughs> you just like been throwing them fucking ringers out there, haven't you, Ben? Indeed. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> loving it. What did you, you guys think of it? The trailer? Tra- oh, yeah. Trailer oh. sweet. Um, I'm, I, I am partial to uh, Harrison's fucking opinion. I mean, fucking Harrison's opinion that the practical effects, you just, I, I really like them. There's a certain, like, you can see the actor looking at the CGI and being like, there's the thing up there that's that's supposed to be scaring me. And, and like the difference between that and a giant actual puppet that you're reacting Dude, to is puppetry. just like, I don't know, I'm just a hater. I'm just such a hater on... You like old school. Yeah. And if oh no, I tend to as well. Yeah. I can still appreciate it for being, it's just different. It creates a whole different feel. Well, again, this is the first trailer. They're getting better. So <laughs> if indeed, um, like... Like in The Force Awakens, they did use a lot of practical effects, but then they would overlay it with CG. Mm. You know, the the junk dealer on Jakku that uh, Ray's talking to, that was Simon Pegg. Um, and if you guys don't know who that is, do some research. 
uh, that was Simon Pegg in the suit, and the prosthetic moved a little bit, but it, you know, they they enhanced it. They gave it. it finesse. They did. They enhanced it, and they overlaid, you know, CG with it. So uh, I, I I could kind of see some of this, but CG is getting so good now that it's almost difficult to pick it out. I I feel like I'm okay, like getting lost in the, in the uncanny valley that that is. You know, even if it's overlays on top of people's faces or entirely digitally created, you know, characters and stuff, it's really about watching the narrative and how they cut the story together. And you know, is it serving what's going to happen? I mean, it's it's cool the tech they want to use, but you know, stuff. Well, I I agree. It's it's safe to say that Stephen is in a really good mood right now. <laughs> well, it's fucking Friday. It, well done. It's you made Friday it. for you, maybe. You and your normal oh. person job. In, anyways, I guess well, it's and almost Friday. me with the minors. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that was the end of our entertainment section. Uh, so this is the end of hour two. Uh, third and final hour is about to start. And uh, Luna is going to come over here and drive this fantastic voyage. Um... In the meantime, we're going to play another song here. Uh, I am a big fan of Cat Robichaux. So uh, this is the Elephant Song from her album uh, Cat Robichaux and the Darling Misfits. So stick around. This is Face Radio every Thursday from 7 to 10 p.m. On the day of the elephant, I looked up to the sky and wondered why I could not see the sunrise. At the risk of intelligence, I opened up my eyes and saw with clarity the consequences. And it ripped a gaping hole in my soul. And it snuffed out all the dreams when I was young. And little girls are taught someday that prince will come. That they're entitled to a life that's better than their mom. And wind up with a man just like their dad. Severed from the womb, I cry a screaming infant, blinking in the lights. Oh, how I wish I could take it back like a tacky horror film, back to the moment when I was alive. It's seven sorry years, I'm never getting back. So far along, and yet so far off track. I hate the genius after the fact. It's never better in the second. They could be somebody better than themselves Well, if ignorance is bliss Turn your head and make a wish And sing a la 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 applause I'll never get I'll never get never enough of and here we are with a sorry life wanting more than what we've got never living in the present always up I 
All right, and we're back. And uh, just in case you're just tuning in, this is Face for Radio. This is the Lady Viking now running the ship as Vikings should. Joining us uh, this evening is Sarah Monster Yar! and our resident fuckhead. <laughs> yeah, this fucking guy right here. There you I go. love this fucking guy. Oh, this fucking guy. I'm loved, apparently. Indeed. And then one of our special guests again for this evening is... I got something on my finger. Uh, I'm <laughs> I got something on my finger. That is our special guest for this evening. Uh, you know, any listeners, if you want to jo- uh, give us a call, uh, join some of the nerd conversation, or as Harrison always says, make fun of us, give us a call, 408-883-7539. And that trailer just keeps popping up on your phone. <laughs> You just you just keep wanting to play that stop, trailer. Stop hitting the button. Stop it's, 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 down. It's a dope trailer. Really <laughs> Indeed. Uh, all right. So we are now moving on to our science and technology section of our docket. The first story uh, really grabbed my attention uh, because of the title of the article. Man looking for a place to pee. <laughs> stumbles upon one of Australia's oldest prehistoric sites. I mean, how random is that? Hold on, I, I gotta whip up my coffee. That's how it was, that was, how it was done back in rare. the day. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Sorry, it was a really bad segue right there. What? <laughs> Some dude walking out in the middle of the woods. I gotta take a piss. What is that? Well, apparently his dick was Cave sort of paintings. like a like you one know, of those, artifact uh, detector, <laughs> you know, like Indiana Jones. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so this guy Clifford, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Cuthard, <laughs> um, uh, basically stumbled upon this site when he was uh, uh, taking a pee. And they've been studying it for the last several years, and I guess uh, they just um, started really publishing some of the findings. And they basically found that um, that they found forty nine thousand year old artifacts uh, that they uncovered in a rock shelter at the site, and uh, they represent the oldest known evidence <laughs> of human settlement in that part of Australia. And what's the real key to what this guy stumbled upon is that it. It basically pushes back the theory of when human beings were in Australia initially by 10,000 years. 10,000 years. That's pretty goddamn huge. Mm, that's a lot of years. Yeah. So uh, right now they're still, uh, you know, going through the site and finding, you know, a bunch of evidence and uh, cataloging everything and doing everything that the scientists do. But... um you know, they they found some interesting stuff. They uncovered 4,300 stone artifacts, more than six pounds of animal bone, emu eggshells, traces of pigments and piles of plant material. Uh, they found all kinds of stuff that a lo- whole lot of evidence that mankind was in this area of the world uh, before long before they originally predicted. So what do you guys think about that? That was fucking cool. He was he was whacking it. <laughs> <laughs> he just needed a quiet place to pull on his pud. PK yeah. is obviously focusing on one part of this story. <laughs> yeah, the, the the penis part. The penis detector. Um, you know, I, no. I love that they found uh pigments and like painting stuff 
I don't know. It's it's cool to think that like these weren't just it's not like they just found like a spearhead or something. They found a bunch of artifacts that showed not just that people were living there, but people were like not just people who were there. People were living there. Mm-hmm. That was somebody's home and like all of their precious belongings. And that's where they ate and they slept and they lived. And it's still there. That's cool. That's pretty cool, man. I'm I'm surprised just looking at some of these pictures. I mean, obviously, uh, the landscape has changed a little bit, but like, but it went undiscovered for this long. This is this is basically where they found this rock, and this is where people were were living. Basically, I it's mean, a wasteland. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 300 miles north of Adelaide, and Adelaide sits on the coast. Um, it's the uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, if you guys have any idea of geography, um, the little island of Tasmania. No idea. On the bottom. <laughs> okay, I'm not. The yeah, t- okay. yeah, no, the yeah. little tiny one. So little Adelaide is is just on the triangle. the shore. I mean, you could you know, I mean, you could take a, a small ferry over to Tasmania. It takes about an hour or something like that from Adelaide, roughly. If I if I've done my research right. Anyways, go three hundred miles north, and you're you know getting into the interior of Australia, which I mean, Australia is green all around it basically, and then it's just desert at the center. So to think that um, people moved here and, and lived here and, and thrived here, uh, you know, in, in the very Maybe least, eked out, yeah, they like eked out an existence here. Well, the, it, the, the cats who were good at that, <laughs> like, you know, it's sort of that's how evolution works. It's like some people are like, no, nah, fuck this. This is too hot. I'm fucking the people who live in the trees. <laughs> and other people are like, no, nah, I can moving. handle this heat. I'm fucking the people who live in the desert. <laughs> well, basically what they've been theorizing from the evidence is that that People migrated to this region from the east uh, out of Africa. And, um, and that Hell. those people may have come with some of the, the technologies, quote unquote, that they had back then in Africa. Um, but then they got trapped in the region because the climate changed and became more arid and more desert, desert-like. So they had to adapt and, um, you know, make different kinds of tools obviously and stuff didn't to make sur- it. survive. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you, you you have to think this is Aboriginal people. Exactly. Yeah, you know. this is the Aboriginal cool. origin story mm-hmm. potentially. I mean, they were there were uh, quite a lot of settlements uh, when uh, when uh, the Dutch and the English and uh, and the French uh, began to colonize you, Australia. So, does the idea of getting trapped mean like genetically trapped, like not like not like some individuals got trapped, but it was more just like then this got separated. From well, it's like they lived there they and there were no resources back. and they just died out. Like, yeah, yeah. like I'm well, wondering if it was, I mean, if you think about the, the way the like tectonic plates, the Midwest. <gasps> you know, kind of fit together mm-hmm. and for them, for, for Australia to be kind of pressed up against Africa at the time, there had to have been like a mountain range or something like that. So then it gets colder, you know, uh, they can't pass through these, you know, the mountain ranges, something like that. Then, you know, the continents are slowly breaking apart. I mean, over, you know, millennia, they're breaking apart and separating. So there had to be obviously a small enclave of people that remain there. And then they, you know, well, did the nasty I guess, yeah, that's, that. I guess that's what I mean is that yeah. sort of like, not, not like trapped. It's not like an individual was like, oh, I can't go back to the, <laughs> the cold place. That's too far like, to swim. Yeah. It's more just like <laughs> they used to be the same. And then they separated yeah. genetically because of that yeah. long, huge time. I'm pretty sure that's, space, that, that's the prevailing idea there. Uh, I mean, you know. Wow, you guys sound like scientists. Oh. You totally know what you're oh talking about. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're educating us. I've always been a nut for geography. And, uh, you know, whenever I go to a museum or, or something like that, someplace that has, um, you know, uh, representations of, you know, how Pangea 
was uh, initially, you know, uh, set together. You know what Panjay is, yeah. obviously. Um, you know, and how it, it broke up. You know, I always, like, I'll always watch the time lapse of how they they, they hypothesize it was one, one giant continent and how it split apart. And then, you know, if they're really cool, then they've got a couple of these, you know, um, future models that they've set up where they think the land masses are going to go later on. So I don't know. I always, I, I, I always got a kick oh, yeah. out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's interesting that you mentioned that because Australia has been moving. Mm-hmm. I read an article about that not too long ago. Really? How about how it's, <clears throat> it's moving so fast that GPS can't keep up. Really? With how fast Australia is moving. Yeah. Well, it keeps telling them they're like a couple miles to the east or something. <laughs> like, I can't find you. Like Turn blue, left. That That's big not blue where circle I am, is just around Australia. <laughs> I'm not in that lake. <laughs> <laughs> the big blue circle says, where am I? Where, Somewhere in uh, Australia. No, it's, a big, it's a big island. You know, um, That's cool, though, I'd be man. interested to read that story, please. Uh, if, if you remember what it is. I'll or see if, if you, I can find it. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah. That is super. It I mean, was I mean, where's it going to go? Uh, I mean, there, there's... I mean, uh, the the east coast of Australia sits on um, on the Ring of Fire, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, it's definitely bumped up to um, a couple of different te- tectonic plates down there. But I mean, where is it going? You know, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, that's the question. And where is it going so fast? Um. So our next story, which uh, when it when I saw it, I got really excited because it's it's helping me out with some research that I'm doing. But um, I love this story. It's a great story. Um. So. A lot of the Western view, I guess you could say, of, of the Vikings, uh, or the Norsemen, uh, basically paints them as, as a one type of people. You know, they just came with their boats and they destroyed and, and conquered and, and, you know, raped and pillaged and, and left nothing in their wake. And while most of that is true, um, you know, their culture was actually quite sophisticated. It, uh, women had more equality, uh, in that culture than any other civilization at the time. And, uh, and also the Vikings prime motivation for raiding, uh, you know, was definitely for wealth. It was also because of the harsh climate that they lived in. But now there's a new theory that, uh, the Viking society was polyamorous. Which is. No, it's polygamous. 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 Yeah. yeah, So, This is a polyamory would have solved some issues there, I think. Probably polygamy. That's what caused the problem. So this is this is a new new theory that we're hearing about, and I guess some researchers have uh, found some some uh, evidence of uh, um, you know the culture back then and and the motivation for why um, you know the Vikings may have actually gone and explored as far as they they did. So. The theory is basically that since they were practicing polygamy, um, you know, it increased the male to male competition for women um, by creating a pool of unmarried men. And uh, that helped or was one of the driving forces that helped the Vikings get to other parts of the world so that they could basically find some wives <laughs> and bash them over the head and bring them back to the, to the north. Yeah, it says that, it says that, yeah, the, the, the wealthy dudes would take all the wives and that other people who weren't wealthy would have to essentially go out and explore and find other tribes and, and yeah, pretty much jack that shit. Um, pretty much. 
I, I fully condone this idea of going to other countries and stealing the wealth and oh, the women. Oh, heavens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm all oh, about it. Oh, heavens, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, basically, this is what they're, they're theorizing uh, uh, is what they did. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a very interesting theory. Um, you know, um, there have been some burial sites with men, with, with women getting, multiple women getting buried with them, but they always assumed that those women were their slaves. Um, so it, it may I'm sure be. some of them were. I, oh, I absolutely. Feel, I feel like that line was a lot grayer in that time. Like if you showed up and just like murdered her, well, her husband and then took her back, like she was your slave and your wife and you buried her with her because what the hell else was she going to do? Not to get all ruthless about it, but that's just what I hear. It was sort of just like, that's what. Well, you, the I mean, cool thing about their culture, you're though. You're a prisoner. But, yeah, but the cool thing about their culture, though, was because men and women did have a more equal stance. Um, but the way their structure, the structure was the marriage structure was if you were a rich, powerful man, you attracted multiple wives and that was okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, I don't know about you, but I personally have uh, some tight girlfriends and I'm not going to lie. When I was in high school, me and a girlfriend decided to share a man. <laughs> we fully told him like, so like you, you belong to us now. We're going to, we decided to share you equally. He had no say in the man matter but but I'm in this sure time they had a slightly complain either exactly right? yeah no i've i've been in a similar situation right? it happens sometimes it's like but two in very the, close this, girlfriends but then the problem with this kind of structure where you have one rich powerful man who's got several wives is all of a sudden you've got a bunch of single men running around single men running around get aggressive and angry mm -hmm. they have nowhere to put their dick they're very unhappy what do you do you put them in boats you send them across the ocean to rape and pillage and and possibly die in the glory of battle and if they don't they get to come home with all this wealth and hey maybe they convince some of those other you know women of privilege from their homeland or possibly other women vikings because women did go on raids but you convince them to marry you. And if not, hey, you brought back a couple of slave women too. See, Either way, it's just a good plan. One of the, <laughs> the best quotes in this article is, uh, recent studies found that aggression rises when there's a shift in male-female sex ratio yep. and where the percentage of unmarried men is greater, the rates of rape, murder, assault, theft, and fraud also rise. Whoa. Go figure. No kidding. Really? <laughs> women linked to civilization. <laughs> wow. Color me fucking surprise. <laughs> hmm. uh, it's... it's um, I, I take this idea though, like, okay, you've got this one guy and he's got like six wives and he's got like three other possible wives to be, or, you know, concubines. And then, you know, there's, there's poor, uh, Reynolds out there in the snow with, uh, without a, a you know, a pence in his pocket and, uh, and no woman to cook him dinner. It's, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go gonna, out with your buddies yeah. way drunk. Yeah. And, and murder and someone, murder with someone, her. and possibly and take, his wife. And take like their money just, and their wife or I their mean, sister. I mean, okay, or let's whatever. look at look at China, man. Like they, for a totally different reason, have a shortage of women. There's a oh. lot of aggression, and oh. well, it's uh, not for some reason. It's the uh, uh, it's the it's the one well, child. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. It's the one child, and they only want but, a voice. No, I didn't say for some reason. I said for a different reason. Mm. Or I meant to say a different. Oh, I don't know. Reason, remember, sorry. we could rewind it. I don't fucking remember at this point. <laughs> uh, but 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 it's the same thing happens. You have more women in the population. They're they're agitated. They're angry and they're fucking horny. <laughs> like Legal man, Jose, fucking man, Jose. Legalized like women here. That's what I say. 
Oh, five. yeah. I mean, make it a, a job five. where they get to pay taxes but get benefits. Taxes. Yeah, that's all right. Unions, benefits. Hell yeah. All that shit. Get yeah. them out of the darkness and into the streets. However, but again, like another example, Man Jose. There's a lot of male aggression in this city. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I have a, a small piece of aggression right now. That was yeah. the worst pod five I've ever received. Oh, I didn't want to be loud. oh no! Yeah, boom. Thank there you. you go. Pod five. Much better. Be loud about that. We'll sting on it. Sorry. It was <laughs> so yeah, I I felt this was a really interesting examination, and um, you know, uh, as much as I know about about the Vikings, this kind of came as a surprise to me because not that I felt that they were monogamous, I just felt that they. Um, they had their their main wife and then they just had mistresses like everybody else. But now it sounds like they had more than one, which in the in the time that they were around in the setting that they were in, it makes total sense. You know, the best way to carry on the bloodline is to have as many wives as possible. And in that climate, yeah, lots of lots of children died. So keep mating and keep your family going. And that's how you. And as a woman, you want the strongest seed. That's absolutely right. I'll take the rich, strong guy who will not only, you know, feed me and take care of me, but he's also a big song, sexy warrior with lots of gold. And I'll get to sleep inside. That sounds good. He has a horse penis sister wife. (laughs) Yeah, actually, contrary to popular myths, Viking men were actually not as tall or big as we thought. Yeah. Uh, most at uh, the average height of a Viking man back then, if you think about the Iron Age, was five foot six. That's as tall as I am. Huh. Well, Me too. And women were were obviously shorter. But um, anyways, so there there's even stories about how you know they the rows on Viking ships um uh were made at a very specific uh length apart from each other because their arms weren't very long because they weren't very tall. Huh. Um, so all kinds of cool stuff like that. So. So this is cool. Fucking I'm interested to see what more we we learn about the Norse. There's been a huge surge in interest in the Norse uh, very recently, not just because of Marvel doing Thor, but also because of the History <laughs> Channel show Vikings. So fucking love that show. That show is actually starting up November 30th, and uh, and Sarah, you and I are gonna geek out about that show on this show. So. Uh, continuing our science and technology docket, um, fucking Harrison here found a very interesting article about a new, uh, satellite telescope that's been developed. Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, so, uh, coming in, uh, 2019, um, the solar system might be viewable in 3D. Um, now this will be possible because, uh, in 2019, they're going to launch the uh, James Webb Space Telescope, um, which will begin its operation again in 2019. It'll join the uh, Hubble Space Telescope, which has been orbiting already for 26 years. I was surprised to read that. I thought it was like a decade, maybe 15 years, but 26 years it's been up there, and it's scheduled. Some craftsmanship. I know. Well, it's, sub, uh, it's, uh, it's in sub-Earth uh, orbit uh, right now. Um, but you know, obviously it's been just kind of like kicking around the planet as we've been going around. Um, now it's going to be, uh, the Hubble space telescope is going to be decommissioned in 2021 and replaced with something new fangled and awesome. But while it's floating around up there, um, they're going to have the James Webb space telescope floating around up there. And basically what they mean to do is the Hubble, uh, will be on one side of earth 
and then this new James Webb Space Telescope, the JWST, will be um, essentially on the opposite side of Earth, and they're going to hold geosynchronous orbit, and then they're just going to spin round, you know, um, with the revolutions of the planet. Uh, having two really strong space telescopes up there floating around the planet will um, give us a, a ridiculously awesome capability in that they'll be able to focus on from two different vantage points on one object so be it saturn's rings um you know a dust cloud on on mars the big eye of jupiter uh not to mention you know other stellar um you know uh delights in, in the universe you know the oort cloud um you know uh the the the, the horsehead nebula i mean just think about what they're going to be able to do for two years with both of these telescopes up there. It's its ridiculous. And the, the vantage point basically will provide an overlay of images. So we will essentially be able to compile great 3D imagery, which eventually they'll more than likely put into some kind of awesome, like, this is the galaxy in 3D. Oh, yeah. Coming in 2023. Yeah. You know, it should, I mean, it, it, it has awesome potential. Um, not to mention, you know, after after this this interesting science project is done in 2021, and they decommission the Hubble Space Telescope, and it goes to the uh, the Aeronautical Space Museum, which all cool space stuff goes to. Um, more than likely, they'll put something up to replace it, probably in the same position. So this is the beginning of getting a great array of high powered telescopes orbiting around our planet. Making plans. Oh yeah, yeah. Making maps and making plans. I'm excited. Um, I don't know too terribly much about the James uh, Webb Space Telescope, but this thing looks badass. I mean, the uh, the artist's concept concept and rendition. It looks like uh, it looks like a Klingon starfighter or something. I don't know. It's just it looks so cool. Um, I can't wait to see um, what's gonna happen. Obviously, you know, 2019. It's uh, you know, it's another two, two and a half ish years depends on when it launches um but i mean we we expect to get oh so many cool things to see yeah. in in a couple of years maybe we'll finally see that alien civilization we all know is up there <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what kind of aliens uh, that will excite or not excite my interest well if, if, we're, if we're talking about xenomorphs here i gotta yeah, say no, no I, <laughs> I for one am hoping for bothans because uh-huh. they're a peaceful technologically advanced race yeah yeah but xenomorphs boo no, boo for xenomorphs. <laughs> Although they are cool looking oh, yeah. and awesome kind of predator-like things, um, I wouldn't actually want to have one face to face with me right now. No, it wouldn't you wouldn't last very long. No, none I of us would. I would. I would. I would freely admit it that I wouldn't last very long. Um, but yeah, no. What I can't wait to see is um, obviously the mapping that they're going to be able to do with this, and and maybe even mapping of some of the nearer planets to us and maybe even like a 3d rendering of the moon um and then maybe you know the ability to in a in a software or something that they may be able to launch online to literally you know how the we have that 360 view thing on facebook that people have been doing like they go to stonehenge and they do a 360 view Mm. like a 360 view of the surface of the moon or 360 view you know, of Mars. Well, that'll be tricky with the 360 view of the moon because it's there's one close. side. No, no, it's not that huh. it's too close. There's one side that we never see. Yeah. The darkness we is never like see it. Facing us. Yeah. The yeah. moon is, is locked in mm-hmm. its orbit Basically. with us. So we always see that one side. Yeah. But if the, if the satellites can rotate around the moon's 
you know, they don't have any, do they? No, no, no. They, I, yeah, no, that, won't, in that our... won't be possible unless they put a satellite up around the moon. Yeah, basically. And flip it around. I mean, we have pictures of, of, of the dark side of the moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have them. But a 3D mapping? Uh, that would we, be cool. But then have we'd have yet. to put other satellites up. Yeah. These, these uh, hypothetically, will not be able to see that side of the moon. Uh, because they're yeah. going to be in orbit with our well, planet. They, they, yeah. They'll cra- they'll, they'll pass in the orbit of, uh, of the moon. You know, the moon but will come across their, their orbital plane. Right. But no, we won't ever be able to see behind it because the moon does, is, is infixed. Well, maybe that'll be the next step for them to send these out to the other planetary bodies and circle them around until they get all the imagery. That'd be interesting. That would be cool. Yeah. In the very least, we'll get um, 3D images of all the planets. So that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would be very cool. Yeah. So that was my rant. I love that That was my nerd rant right there. It'll be like that, but 3D. But 3D. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's, that's my thing. I, I honestly, I can't wait for it. You know, I've, I've, uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I've been a nut of, uh, you know, a big fan of geography ever since, like I, I could look at a map, like Space you geography. literally, if you put a map down in front of me, I'll tell you what every country is. Um, and yeah, I'll give you the most of the capitals, uh, of, of the States and the U S and most of the capitals of, uh, of the big countries, you know, the ones that I really know. Like I still am a huge geography nut. Uh, but with that, you know, I've already, I've also liked, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, astrology, uh, astrology, fucking astronomy. Um, always did for a long time. So, um, yay! I get yay. something to nerd out uh, cool. about here. You know, uh, later on, boldly so. going where no man has gone before. Yeah. Well, that, that there, therein lies uh, my my appreciation and love for science fiction was because of my appreciation of uh, astronomy. The dream of getting there. Oh, what's no. out there? What's going on? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Basically, I I wish the Those human race good luck get making it. I really, really, truly do. <laughs> All righty. Well, Face for Radio, uh, this is our last story of the evening, but it has been a great evening, but let's uh, get to it here. Um, so uh, I came, I stumbled across this article today about a CEO in Japan for a company called On Art Corp. This guy's name is Kazu- Kazua Kanemaru, and I probably butchered that. Probably. Uh, but anyways, he uh, decided to develop uh, these massive robot dinosaurs that are uh, operated by a human being and controlled by a human being inside the uh, basically the case of the dinosaur. And he unveiled them. Are they them. actually inside there? Oh, yes. No oh, shit. okay. They are inside that there. That makes more sense. So there are people inside. There are people yeah, okay. operating. I wasn't sure. The animatronics inside. they were inside. like off stage somewhere. No. Um, that makes more sense. So anyways. Still though. Yeah, no. But so they, they put out this video of this showing of these, these, these robot dinosaurs, uh, you know, uh, in, in a hotel in Japan today. And, uh, they just look so fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, cool. it's like, it's like I fell in love with Jurassic Park when it came out when I was a kid because I love dinosaurs and I always have. And this is like, I felt like a kid again watching this. I'm like, oh my God, I would so go to Japan and just be like a little child running around uh, this dinosaur park that they want to create. Create. Hey, Dave. Bye, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing, Dave? What are you doing, Dave? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
Hey, uh, uh, hey, uh, well, he's in the bathroom. He's in the bathroom. Flush a toilet. Flush a toilet. I did. What's going on? What's going on, Face for Radio? Check this out. I got mumble on this phone. Hey, what's up? Say hi. Hello. Oh, hey. Tax man looking over here. I hear Scotch Brandon. I hear Scotch Brandon. No, not yet. Oh, not yet. Oh, not yet. You're they wouldn't it. bring him any Japanese it. whiskey because I fucking <laughs> sounded like I was kidding. Anyway, we're going to grab a drink at the pizzeria and I'll see you guys for a uh, red light. I even have some red lights. Oh, um, oh um, yes. Delightful. Yes. Look, forward delightful. To it. Look forward to it. All right. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> and that's and that's mumble, everybody. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to very, cut you off like, there. confusing. I was like, oh, jeez. I was <laughs> like, what is that? No. Echo, oh. echo, echo, echo. Okay. Yeah, it was a little echoey on our end. I hope it doesn't sound that way on the broadcast. Um, so, um, yeah, that was pretty. Uh, that, that's pretty badass. I love the the fact that some Japanese company here has got guys in these giant puppet suits in there. Well, you know, we've seen a lot of these videos of you know these these guys and these kitted up the with puppy these suits. Yeah, these big suits, and they're running around lobbies and they're running down and like the mouths were all like flappy. And, those are just and, those big blow-up suits. Yeah, yeah, basically, and which are hilarious. They're great. I love them. There's there's one of some guy walking his dog. Yeah. In, in in Manhattan, he's walking his dog in one of these big inflatable dog suits. <laughs> so, um, but I totally want to go to Japan now because this is this That's this is so happening. Cool. This is happening. They look terrifying. They look absolutely. Right? They do. They, they, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a person inside them, so I just thought it was like somebody controlling it, like remote. Yeah, which is way it's more scary for some me. reason. They're like, oh, we we did we lost control. The, <laughs> someone. The bad guy got a hold of it and is now controlling them. And he, the, the I thought I just pushed the stick a little bit, but I pushed it a lot. I'm sorry I pierced all of your internal organs with my giant dinosaur teeth. <laughs> Fucking robot dinosaurs. I'm sure they're made of foam, but um, yeah, it's they look uh, like it, but still they're so good. It they are. They look really, really good. It's it's almost like they you know took the creature design from Jurassic Park. Um, that um, Stan. Stan Winston. Stan Winston did. God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Or gods, I should say. Mm-hmm. But um, they, they took that, and, and, and in Jurassic Park, they did basic animatronics and practical effects on the dinosaurs, but these Japanese developers have taken them to the level where, I mean, if Spielberg were to shoot that film now, he would have guys in full animatronic suits playing velociraptors, you know, just literally walking down, like, mm-hmm. don't need anything else. No D, no CG. Jim Henson rad. would cream his jeans. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Rest his imagine soul. the guy in his half raptor costume going to lunch. <laughs> Just like with the little thing over He his just head. has a little sign that says yeah. meat. <laughs> well, we can't take you out of makeup, so we're just going to feed you through a straw, through the rubber <laughs> face mask right. there. Come stand over by the blender so we can puree your lunch. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, the, the can I get can I get cheddar and spam? No, <laughs> we're out. Sorry. I don't know if the Japanese eat cheddar, but they do eat spam. They do a lot of. Oh it. yeah, they put it on their sushi. On I've their ramen, sushi. on their sushi. Yeah, like they're huge spam fans. Yeah, which I, could, I don't I, get it. I could eat. I mean, I could, but I mean, you know. Anyways, spam. them and the Hawaiians, but yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, the CEO guy, if, if I didn't make it clear before, he actually wants to build a park to house all these animatronic dinosaurs that would be open to the public, like Jurassic Park. Although the benefit is, is that they're animatronic, so they won't suddenly just decide to act on their instinct <laughs> and kill you. <laughs> I, I keep thinking of the Dilophosaurus in Jurassic Park when it looks all kind of cute and kittenish. 
and then it walks Aww. up on Nedry and it's just it flails out as is uh the head spines the head spines and then hawks a fat loogie on and, him and blinds and he, him and he does that hiss and, oh god i love that but um luckily that won't happen to you in an Boy, animatronic god. dinosaur park now i'm gonna watch jurassic park oh. after i do some editing great movie <laughs> great movie True. all right well that is our show ladies and gentlemen um you know it's it's been a surreal week but yeah. we still got together here and kept doing our thing which is important so um, you know, I want to thank everybody here on the panel. Uh, so once again, joining us tonight is the Sarah Monster. The Sarah Monster. As always, there's this fucking guy, fucking Harrison. This fucking mm-hmm. guy. Pat, Patty K. And I am once again the Lady Viking. Uh, join us every Thursday from 7 to 10 p.m. Face for Radio. Uh, always on, except we may be, we probably will be taking a break during uh thanksgiving yeah so a quick note on uh, next week it'll be ladies night uh i have been uh, i have to work thursday evening although i usually take it off i have to work thursday evening so uh i will not be in but the luna viking will be running ladies night this next thursday and uh there will be an all-star cast of ladies on and then the following week uh do take care of yourselves and your family for Thanksgiving, which falls on Thursday. So we will not be having a show on Thanksgiving night. I'll be uh, in a food coma. I will be putting together a, uh, a just kind of a, a fun hour long episode uh, from some of the bits that you missed uh, for Halloween because we didn't put any material out there because we had some back of house issues. And unfortunately, uh, Mr. Randall Aubrey is no longer with the show as such. Um, Luna Viking and I mm-hmm. are a twosome instead of a trio. Um, but that's fine and well. So we will move on and the uh, the show will go on. The show must go on. The show must go on. So next week. And we will soldier on. We will soldier on. So next week, ladies night. Uh, and then no show for the last week of November. But then come back to us uh, December the 1st as I've got a special little holiday treat for you. Um, which nobody knows about yet because I haven't told any of you. But I have something planned for the first show, which is December the 1st. Alrighty. So we'll do something fun, uh, Christmas related for that show. So, uh, anyways, thank you everybody for joining the show, and uh, big shout out to, to the Sarah Monster as tomorrow is her birthday. Yay! Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! So uh, thank you everybody for joining us. We love you, uh, and uh, have a good night. Peace. All right. Well, good night everybody. Our closing song for the evening is uh, Phil Johnson and the Roadside Attractions with "Geeks Don't Care." Excellent. Good night, everybody. anorexic like a teenage pop star and it's totally cool if you've got some scars if you want to be sure that you'll wed play the imperial march when it comes to bed he'll be the world's most faithful suitor when he sees the tattoo of captain kirk on your hooters with the geek by your side even if your buddy is wide
There's a really good chance that he'll wanna lay ya The king size bed with Harry Potter's sheets Call him Lord Vader when he skeets, skeets, skeets Always tell him that he's your guitar hero You'll be his final fantasy With the geek, you'll be glad Cause Bob is Let's